Welcome to the official podcast for Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization. I'm Beth, aka Triumvir Clio. Hello again. Welcome back. I hope you're well. I'm still hanging in there, obviously. I'm mostly into the flow of my new job, which is good. Um, because I need a new roof, and hopefully by the time this episode drops, I will have that new roof, and in fact, I do. Um, yesterday, the roofers came, uh, so I was writing this. I didn't know that, but then I found out that they would, and I, I am so happy that um, my roof did not leak um, beyond the day that I discovered that it had a leak. Um, and, and I now have a new roof and it will, it will not leak anymore or else the roofers will need to come back and fix whatever they screwed up, which I don't anticipate. It's beautiful and I'm happy and it's such a relief. Anyway, that has nothing <laughs> to do with anything other than me being happy that I have a new roof. Today, we finish reading Lucretius's De Rerum Natura. That's really what this podcast is about, right? It's about, it's about the classical Mediterranean world, um, particularly Greece and Rome, at least for a while, because that's what I'm most familiar with. But who knows, if I run out of Greek and Roman stuff, I, I will definitely start looking into into the other cultures that I may need to get other people to come and, and talk to me about, because I don't know about them as much. Anyway, so today, Lucretius, De Rerum Natura, book six. This is the last book in this epic. Um, as as with this entire entire little um, mini series on De Rerum Natura, I'm working from the Cassius Amicus ebook, which includes the old public domain Monroe translation. Um, so you should have no problem finding the Monroe translation, and the ebook is also free at least on on uh, iBooks. So you should be able to find the Cassius Amicus book as well um, for free. Anyway. Lucretius begins book six by telling us that we are reaching the end of our journey. Um, as noted, this is this is the last book. It's the end of our journey through this poem, and and also the end of our journey, our journey through life. But you know what? We shouldn't be sad or scared. Um, not if we're following the teachings of Epicurus, of course. Now, sure. We may not know everything, but as long as we have a basic understanding of nature and the universe, then we can know how to be happy. Uh, But before he leaves us, Lucretius must tell us one more tale of the wisdom of that great prophet and philosopher, Epicurus. You see, once upon a time, Athens was a glorious place, you have to remember, Lucretius is Roman, right? So this is, you know, Athens is no longer all that. Rome's where it's at, right? Anyway, so once upon a time, Athens was a glorious place. The people were rich and proud, but they still felt the need to call upon the gods to help them in times of distress. But Epicurus, Epicurus was smart, right? He saw this and he tried to teach the Athenians of their folly. And he encouraged people, instead of following the gods, to follow the teachings of nature. And Lucretius then goes on to address those aspects of nature that aren't quite so pleasant. You know, storms and lightning and earthquakes. And and these are all things that people used to attribute to the gods. Um, 
and some people still do, which is just silly. I mean, it, it makes no sense for the gods to really be responsible for these things instead of it just being part of nature. I mean, okay, take Jupiter and his lightning bolts, for example, right? So if lightning really does come from Jupiter, why is his aim so bad? I mean, what is he, a stormtrooper? Okay, I just caught the pun. I wrote that because it made me laugh as a Star Wars reference. But it's, um, I swear pun not intended, but that, I, pardon me while I laugh at my own joke. Sorry. Anyway, um, so so why, why is Jupiter's aim so bad? I mean, like, he sometimes even hits his own temples. So clearly, clearly lightning is a natural occurrence and not something sent to us by a god. Because why would Jupiter throw lightning bolts at his own temples, his own houses? That That is ridiculous. But Lucretius must leave us. And he will also leave life. But, but he has uh, followed the teachings of Epicurus. And because he has followed those teachings, he knows. He knows that he has lived well. And that is the end of this epic. We finished our first Roman epic. It's probably not what you were expecting. (laughs) I promise we'll get to some that are much more narrative and (laughs) storytelling-y. I probably could have saved this epic for when um, when I get around to Greek and Roman philosophy, um, especially because that wasn't really my focus when I was getting my degree. Uh, so I am saving the philosophers for later, which is, yeah, I, I am primarily a historian. Um, so my focus was, you know, history, linguistics, um, not languages. I didn't really learn the languages, but, you know, the concept of language, right? Um, it was, it was, yeah, the history, literature, language. It, it was not, not philosophy. I took philosophy. I went to a Jesuit school. We, we have to learn philosophy and theology as part of the core curriculum. Uh, but I, I did not spend vast quantities of time taking philosophy beyond what was required for my degree. Uh, so that's why I am saving the philosophers for later. But technically, this is an epic um, because it is a long-form poem that's divided into books. So it got lumped into Roman epics. Um, who knows? We may come back to Lucretius, like I said, when we get to philosophy. Uh, but but anyway, but the good news is Virgil is up next. So we'll be getting to the Aeneid soon, which, I mean, soon-ish, obviously with the the changed schedule due to my job it, for not moving through through each course quite as quickly as when I started this podcast last year. Um, but, you know, we'll, we, will, we will get to the Aeneid, which is like the Iliad and the Odyssey. It's a story. And we'll get to Ovid, which, you know, metamorphoses, right? That's a collection of stories. So I promise <laughs> that not all Roman epics are all about philosophizing about the things that philosophers philosophize about um it this is <laughs> this is not necessarily a stereotypical epic but 
technically it is an epic, which is why I put it here in epics. Um, there we go. Anyway, you may have noticed that this epic kind of stops. It, it's, it's unfinished. It's mostly finished, but not quite. Um, and yeah, so if, if, if you felt like it just kind of ended, it, you, you're, you're right. It says unfinished symphony, right? Um, anyway, one of the interesting things about it is, is that it is about the teachings of Epicurus, but it's not by Epicurus. It's by one of his disciples, if you will. And while it goes on and on about how religion is bad and the gods aren't real, it is in many ways a religious text in its own right. Um, you know, don't follow the teachings of those other people. Follow the teachings of Epicurus and allow me, Lucretius, to expound upon those teachings for you. So don't follow the teachings of Epicurus. Follow the teachings of Epicurus as interpreted by me, Lucretius. It, it, so you can see it's it's what, the same sort of thing that biblical scholars can debate about who really wrote the Bible and what does it have to say and what does... And so we can look at this. We can look at, you know, what Epicurus teaches when we get around to the philosophers. Um, but we can also see that that Lucretius is an Epicurean philosopher, but he is... He is interpreting the teachings of an earlier philosopher. He is not creating a new philosophy. And and so that is that is so we've got got a bit of a remove from the original teachings of Epicurus. Um, so what what do you think about the teachings of Epicurus as interpreted by Lucretius? Do you fear death or the gods? Um, and and what do you think about his take on physics? I mean, that's, I think, one of the most interesting parts of De Rerum Natura is how accurate Lucretius's physics are in many ways without, you know, having any proof or scientific rigor or science. I mean, he it is a philosophy that he's describing, and yet he's managing to describe atoms and molecules without knowing that he's talking about atoms and molecules and, and evolution and all of these things. Um, I would love to hear your thoughts, especially if you are better versed in Epicurean philosophy than I am. I I am happy to learn from you as much as you may be learning from me. Um, like I said, philosophy is not my bailiwick, um, but, but I, I would love to hear more. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts. The blog is at triumvirclio.school.blog. The URL and maybe a link, depending on your platform, are in the show notes. If you feel so inclined, you can support me through Patreon. I'm there as triumvirclio, and that link is in the show notes as well. No pressure. In the next episode, we'll read the next chapter of the Biblioteca. Talk to you then. You can join the discussion of this and everything covered in this podcast by following the link in my show notes. And if you're enjoying what you've heard so far, please consider supporting the show with a monthly donation of your choosing, just like public radio. And please also consider giving a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice so that more people can discover the fun that is Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization.